Through the um, last few months, what we've been doing once a month is we've been connecting with our overseas missionaries in different ways. We've got them in, involved in the Sunday morning services through, through readings, through our Sunday readings. Uh, and this morning we're going to, well, it, it's pre-recorded, but we're going to jump across to Cambodia. Um, Johnny Hamill is going to join us in this morning's service um, with today's reading. It comes from uh, Matthew chapter 18, um, verses 21 to 35. If you're using the Pew Bibles, it's page 985, uh, page 985. If you're not using the Pew Bibles... It's the one after Matthew 17. Um, sure you're there would have found it. Um, and when we, when we hear the rustling stop, we know they found their places, and then you can, you can probably start it now. Thanks. This morning's scripture reading is taken from Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 to 35. I'll be reading from the NIV. The parable of the unmerciful servant. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay you back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him. Be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged. And they went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back what he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Amen. Shall we bow our heads in prayer? Loving God, we thank you for the word that, that Johnny read to us. Your word that comes to us. We thank you for your amazing grace. We thank you for the wonder of forgiveness that we have neither earned nor deserved. You offer it to us as a free gift. But God, we also hear in your word that we are called to forgive one another and that is not always easy for us to do. And so as we consider your word, Lord, as we open it up and delve into it, prepare our hearts and our minds, Lord. Make them fertile ground uh, 
for your word, that seed will land and will grow deep roots and will bear fruit, fruit of the kingdom. We pray that as you challenge us in your word today, you will also reassure us and comfort us. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. So today we're going to finish the series, the Kingdom Come series that I think we started back in June already. Uh, we've been looking at Matthew chapter 11 through to chapter 18 and today we're going to finish off chapter 18 with the parable that Jesus tells, parable that we often refer to as the unmerciful servant with the story of forgiveness sitting at the center of it all. I was looking up earlier this week of the amount of debt that the United Kingdom is in. The national debt of the United Kingdom sits at the moment at 2.35 trillion pounds. A trillion is a thousand billion, a billion is a thousand million, so a thousand thousand million is what we're talking about. 2.35 trillion pounds is the national debt, which is more than the income that all the companies and businesses in the United Kingdom produce at the moment. That's known as the gross domestic product, uh, and, and the national debt that the government owes is more than the income that the, that the country generates. And a debt that will be repaid mostly through our taxes, um, income tax, uh, corporation tax, VAT, the various other stealth taxes that are out there. And if you heard or read anything about the recent budget that was announced on Friday, you will know that that debt is not gonna be paid anytime soon, certainly not by this generation. But then we have also what we call personal debt in the United Kingdom. So that's the debt that you and I have got um, sitting in our, or not sitting in our bank accounts, um, sitting in somebody else's bank account. Um, mortgages, credit card debt, um, that kind of thing. That, that sits at 1.7 trillion pounds. Uh, 1.7 trillion pounds that the people of the United Kingdom owe to somebody. Um, it works out an average of 33,780 pounds per adult. Uh, in the United Kingdom, and that is more than the average monthly income uh, of, of the average UK adult. So that again tells you that the debt that is owed is more than the income that's coming in. Debt is something that is very real to us, something that is very relevant to us at this time. If you're a student about to go to university, and I'm not discouraging you from doing that, um, but if you're going off to university and you're going to go study and you're relying on student loans to help you with that, the possibility is very real that you're gonna spend the rest of your working life paying off that debt. Um, add into that um, the reality of credit card debt, of financing to buy cars, mortgages. Um, we can very much relate to this parable that Jesus tells um, his disciples. But because we live in a very different context um, to, to the context of, of when Jesus was speaking, what we can easily miss is the absurdity of the situation that Jesus talks about and, and, and explains in his story. So to give us an idea, one talent, an, a, an amount of money, one talent equated to roughly 20 years of labor. Somebody had to work for 20 years to earn uh, one talent. Uh, you had to work for one day to earn one denarii. One denarii was roughly one day's pay, one talent, roughly 20 years of labor. So when we consider that this first man we encounter owes the king 10,000 talents, we're talking about 200,000 years worth of labor that he has to work to pay off that debt. 
What's clear to us is that this is a debt that cannot be repaid no matter how much that man does. There is nothing that he could do to pay off the debt to that king. On the other, man, on the other hand, uh, the other man owes this first guy um, 100 denarii, so roughly 100 days' work. Three months of labor um, is what will pay off um, that debt. Not an insurmountable debt, but no doubt when you're not earning a lot of money and life is hard, um, debt is still debt um, that hangs over us. So that's just an understanding of, of what we're reading about here, what Jesus is teaching uh, in this parable. It gives us some idea of, of what he is saying. The parable, there's two parts to the parable. The first part of the parable tells us about how God treats us in relation to our sin. And the second part is, is how God expects us to treat one another in relation to the sin and the hurt that we cause one another. And at the center of it all sits forgiveness. It, it's an appropriate focus for us as we close this series on Kingdom Come because forgiveness is what sits at the center of the kingdom. When we talk about God's grace, we're talking about God's grace to forgive us. His willingness to forgive us for a debt that we could never repay. His willingness to forgive us even though we don't deserve it. Even when he knows that we will sin again, he still forgives us. And, and over and over again we do that. That is what grace is. Grace is God giving us what we don't deserve. We are not deserving of forgiveness. We've done nothing to earn that forgiveness. We've done nothing to make right with God, to be forgiven, and yet God forgives us anyway. And when we talk about God's mercy, we say God is a merciful God. Again, we're talking about forgiveness. We experience God's mercy when we don't receive the things that we are supposed to receive, that we do deserve. So, so grace, is when we, when we, grace is when we receive the things that we don't deserve, and mercy is when we don't receive the things that we do deserve. The penalty of sin is death. That's what the Word of God says to us. So for our sin, what we do deserve is death, but God offers us something else. He offers us life. And that life is made possible through his forgiveness. The key to the message in that first part of the gospel is that the debt that the man owes the king can never be repaid. But the king forgives him of that debt. That is, that is the key to the message of that first part of the parable. Our righteousness, our right standing with God which gives us entry into the kingdom, is not something that we could ever earn. We could never do enough on our own to earn our way into God's kingdom. We could never do enough on our own to repay the debt that prevents us from entering into the kingdom of God. We are completely reliant on the graciousness of God to experience his kingdom. But more than just experience his kingdom, to be able to call ourselves citizens of the kingdom. Through God's grace, we don't experience the kingdom from the outside, looking in, but we are able to experience the kingdom by fully immersing ourselves into it. And that grace is expressed through forgiveness. It is the expression of God's love that sits at the center of John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, 
that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Eternal life is only possible because of God's forgiveness of our sins. And in the second part of the parable is really where I want us to focus most of our attention today. Um, in the second part of the parable um, is, is, is all about what, what Jesus wants us to learn about how um, that in the same way that God forgave us, we need to be forgiving of one another in the same way. When we consider the amount of debt that is owed, as I said, the first one, 10,000 talents, 200,000 years worth of work before that debt could be paid off, compared to three months worth of work for the other debt to be paid off, we can see that, the, that there is immense difference in the level of forgiveness. The same way that God forgave us, we must forgive one another, but also recognizing that God has forgiven us for so much more than anybody could ever do against us. The whole context of this parable, what is happening before this parable happens, it's all about conflict. It's all about conflict between brothers and sisters. There's there's a whole bit about how we make right with one another when somebody has wronged us, the whole process. And, and, And then we get to this passage which begins with Peter asking Jesus, how many times Christians should forgive one another? How many times must I forgive my brother or sister when they sin against me? And Peter gives this generous suggestion of seven times. And Jesus' response is that seven times not enough. You say seven times, I'm telling you, it's seven times seven, or in in some translations, 70 times seven. Jesus is not talking about a specific number. What Jesus is saying is, you've just got to keep forgiving. There is no limit to how many times you forgive one another. The number that Jesus uses is not something that he's just sucked up out of the air. It's not something that he's just come up with in, in the moment. Um, Jesus has chosen that number very specifically. In, in Genesis 4 verse 24, we learn about a man called Lamech. Lamech was one of the descendants of, of Cain. Cain, who killed his brother Abel. And like Cain, Lamech also kills a man, but he kills a man out of self-defense. And following, following all this, what Lamech says to his wives, he says this to them. He says, I've killed a man for wounding me a young man for injuring me. If Cain is avenged seven times, that's something that God says to Cain when, when Cain says to God, people will try to kill me, they'll do something to me, and God says to him, whatever happens to you, you will be avenged seven times over um, anybody who, who does any wrong to you. If Cain is avenged seven times, Lamech says, then, then Lamech 77 times, or, or in some translations, seven, 70 times seven. In the fallen world that we live in, revenge, even unlimited revenge, is something that is often considered acceptable. And we know that, particularly those who have lived through the Troubles know that, because a lot of people who died in the Troubles died because of revenge. Because something was done and somebody took revenge on on, on what had happened. But Jesus takes the idea of unlimited revenge and he flips it right over. He's saying that if you're going to be one of my disciples, if you're going to be citizens of the kingdom of God, if you're going to be a Christian, then there is no place for revenge in the kingdom. The world might tolerate unlimited revenge, but the people of the kingdom offer unlimited forgiveness. And then he paints a picture of what that looks like by telling them the story, uh, this parable of the unmerciful servant. In the first part, 
we're reminded of about how God um, has treated us, how He has forgiven us even though we have neither earned it nor we deserve it. And then we, when we jump to the second part, we hear about the interaction between two of the king's servants, two citizens of this kingdom, and we get the important lesson of how we should forgive one another too, or more importantly, why we should be willing to forgive one another. <clears throat> Take note in verse 31 of that reading. Verse 31 was the one where we hear about how um, the other servants see what is happening, um, and they're outraged. And, and they went and told the master everything that had happened. It's a reminder to us that everything that we do, every, every way we behave, every way we interact with one another, we are witnesses to others of what being a Christian is all about. We are witnesses to others what it means to be a follower of Jesus in the things we do, in the way we speak, in the way we interact with one another. In John 13, when Jesus has his last meal with his disciples, he teaches them a new commandment, to love one another as as, as he has, has loved them. And he says that they must love one another in this way because when they do, others will see and they will know that they are his disciples. The way we love one another, the way we behave towards one another becomes a witness to whose followers we are, to whose ways we are choosing to follow. If we proclaim to be Christians, if we are trying to be followers of Jesus, then the things that we do become a witness to what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It becomes a witness to what we believe about Jesus and about what it means to be his disciple. And in John 15, Jesus says, if you love me, you will follow my commands. If you love me, you will follow my commands. And two, verses, two chapters earlier, he gives them a new commandment to follow to love one another as I have loved you. We need to forgive one another because it is what Jesus asks of us. It is an expression of our love for one another and it is an expression of love that mirrors one of the ways that God expresses his love to us. And we need to forgive one another because it becomes a testimony to us being people of a kingdom of forgiveness. And we also need to forgive one another because of the impact that unforgiveness can have on on us and, and on others. When unforgiveness takes root in our hearts, what grows out of it is bitterness. Earlier in the series, Norman spoke about the parable of the sower, of the man who went out and threw seed and it landed on all sorts of different ground. And in that parable, what we see is that the ideal ground for it to land on is is the good soil, the fertile soil, because there the seed can take root and it can grow and it can produce fruit that brings life. But when a seed of bitterness grows, it isn't something life-giving that grows, but rather it becomes like a vine that entangles us and holds us captive. If you've ever watched the series Stranger Things, I don't know how many of you watch Stranger Things on Netflix, but if you have, and you've watched the latest series, there is the bad guy, his name is Vecna, um, and and, and he lives in this place called the Upside Down, and and he is a man full with bitterness and unforgiveness. And out of him and out of this place where he is, we have these roots, these vines that grow, 
They hold him captive and people that he has this hatred and this unforgiveness towards, can, they, they're held captive by it as well. Perhaps you haven't watched Stranger Things and you have no idea what I'm talking about um, with regards to, to these characters and these people, but I'm sure that you have seen the effects of what can happen when people are unwilling to forgive. People who have, who have maybe unintentionally allowed bitterness to grow and, and to take root in their hearts. <coughs> having having grown, up, grown up in apartheid South Africa, the effects of the hurt and the bitterness and the unforgiveness that is the legacy of apartheid is still being felt today. People who cannot forgive, who cannot move past the hurt and even the evil that was done. And that bitterness is there and it has taken root and it's a struggle for people to move beyond that. Perhaps if you've lived through the troubles, you understand what I'm talking about. Unforgiveness is like a vine that holds us captive and holds others captive too. And the only way to, set, to be set free from it is to find a way to forgive one another. This parable reminds us that even though the wrongs that have been done towards us might be big things to us, and in no way, please in no way, am I belittling the experiences of hurt um, that you might have had in your life that have been caused by other people. I'm not, I'm not taking that away at all, but this parable reminds us that the forgiveness, what God has forgiven us for, and the grace that God has shown towards us is so much greater than the hurt that others have caused us. But there is one more thing that Jesus wants us to understand from this parable, and it's not a comfortable lesson to learn about the kingdom, and it goes something like this. If you want to be forgiven by God, then you need to forgive others. That's what the last four verses of this parable tell us. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. These are not easy verses for us to read because they don't sit comfortably with the picture that we've created of God's grace. But it's verses that we must read. We can't leave them out because they don't fit our picture of God because all that we're doing then is creating our own picture of God. And we end up worshiping a false God, a God of our own creation. What we read in these verses seem to suggest to us that while God's love is unconditional, while God's love is unconditional, it certainly appears that his forgiveness is conditional on us being willing to forgive others. And this isn't the only place where Jesus teaches this to his disciples. In, in Matthew 6, when Jesus is teaching from the mountainside, what we call the Sermon on the Mount, and he teaches them to pray. One of the lines in the prayer that he teaches them, prayer that we know so well ourselves, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. That word, the little word as, it doesn't mean simultaneously as it might in other places. Here it means forgive us in the same way 
that we forgive those who sin against us. And, and after Jesus teaches them this prayer in, in Matthew 6, the first thing that he says to them, Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's pretty black and white what Jesus is saying to his disciples, what he's saying to us there. There is no place for hypocrisy in the kingdom. The kingdom is not a place where God shows all the love and the grace and the mercy and we can just continue however we want to carry on. Those last two verses again, in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. We already know that all that he owes cannot be paid back. He could never pay it back, especially sitting in prison. And this is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. They're hard to read, they're hard to hear, but we cannot, we cannot skip over them. There is no place in the kingdom of heaven, Jesus is saying, for people who will not forgive, who will not reflect God's grace. The people of the kingdom have a responsibility. The people of the kingdom have a responsibility to testify to the kingdom and a responsibility to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, all your soul. How do we love him? John 15 verse 15, if you love me, you will obey my commands. I know it's hard. I know it is hard to forgive people who have hurt us so deeply. Who have, who have humiliated us, who have belittled us, people who have threatened us or, or hurt us in all sorts of ways, people whose hurts have caused wounds that run so deep. But healing begins with forgiveness. What forgiveness does is it destroys the root of bitterness. It shifts our focus from the hurt, it shifts our focus to the healing. It takes us from a place of brokenness to a place of restoration and a place of wholeness. And like so many wounds, a scar will remain, but that scar becomes a reminder not of the bitterness and the hurt and the pain, it becomes a reminder of the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness and the healing. The hurt that you feel that have been caused by others it's a hurt that Jesus understands because he experienced all sorts of suffering, all sorts of rejections, of false accusations, of betrayals, of being abandoned by people that he trusted and he loved and, and by people that he knew were not good people. And so the hurt and the anger that, 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 makes it, that you feel that makes it so hard for you to forgive the one who has caused it. Maybe now, maybe that is hurt that you feel now of things that have happened in the past. Maybe it's, it's something that you're still going to experience because of hurt that somebody is gonna cause you. But it is a hurt that Jesus can help you with because he knows it, because he's experienced it. Forgiveness is not something that always comes easy to us because of our sinful nature. Revenge is, is something far much easier for us but that is the way of the world. That's not the way of the kingdom. But God has sent us a helper. 
He has sent us his Holy Spirit to help us when we struggle to follow the ways of the kingdom. It's not something that we do on our own strength. It's not something you need to do on your own strength. Because in our own strength, forgiving someone who has hurt us deeply is something maybe too hard for us to do. And perhaps that hurt that you feel is is so deep that it would be helpful for you to speak to someone about it to come alongside someone or allow someone to come alongside you. Not to speak to everyone about it. That's something that we do quite easily. We want to tell everybody about the hurt that somebody has caused us. That is not helpful. That is the fruit of the bitterness that has grown up inside of us. But to speak to somebody, to speak to someone who will listen and help. And I want to encourage you to do that, to to speak to someone about the hurt that you are feeling to help you on that journey of healing. You might want to speak to one of our prayer ministry team. At the end of the service, our prayer ministry team will be up front here. And maybe you want to speak to them and have them pray with you. But it might be a deeper hurt. It might be a hurt that someone more qualified than any of our ministry teams can help you with. And I want to encourage you to think about that too. To come alongside someone who is maybe more qualified to help you overcome the hurt that has been caused in your life. It will be healing and it will be liberating. The kingdom of heaven is full of hurting people who are being healed. It is full of broken people who are being restored by a God who loves and forgives. Our healing, our restoration begins with forgiveness. With the forgiveness that we have received from God, forgiveness for things that we could never make right with him, but he forgives us out of his grace and his love for us and the forgiveness that we give to others, even though they might not deserve it either, but out of our love that mirrors the love of God, that witnesses to the kingdom of love. As we forgive others, our healing begins. And when we do the kingdom that we have been talking about, the kingdom that is experienced in so many different ways, the kingdom that we are invited to be a part of. That kingdom comes into our lives in a very real way. We are made whole, we are healed, because there is a God who loves us, who forgives us, and wants us to forgive one another in the same way. Let us pray. Loving God, this is a hard, message to hear it is not always easy to hear but it is one that you call us to we have not chosen the easy path we have not chosen the easy way when we choose the way of Jesus but you also promise that you will help us in these hard times you will help us in these difficult steps that we need to take so we ask you for that help today Lord when we consider the hurt that has been caused us our sinful human instinct is to seek revenge to let other people know what has been done to us. But you want us to forgive. And so God, help us. Help us to be courageous. Help us to be strong. Help us to be loving. Particularly when we find it hard to do it on our own. We thank you for the assurance of your spirit walking alongside us. I ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.